All right, Bitcoin accumulation country. This is the first episode of 2021. This is the Fun with Bitcoin podcast. I'm your host, Coin Icarus. Thank you very much for joining me. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, Crypto Cloaks. The link will be in the show notes. All things 3D printing in Bitcoin by Bitcoiners. Very cool stuff. And as well, if you're looking to do some dollar cost averaging and you want to just, you know, set it and forget it and accumulate Bitcoin, check out Swan Bitcoin. All right, guys, let's dive right into it. Here is my chat with the Pirate Beach Bum. All right, everyone. Thank you very much for joining me on the Fun with Bitcoin podcast. This is the first episode of the fourth season. This is the first episode of 2021 and joining me i have um what i believe to be a very special guest uh fellow bitcoin plebe and i i'd say one of the originators of the taco carnivore bitcoin plebes it's none other than pirate beach bum pirate thank you so much for joining me on my podcast good morning man it is awesome to have you here i I really appreciate it. You and I have been uh, talking for a little while, and um, I, I'm just super excited to have you here. So let's let's kick right into it. Um, we are going to dive into the uh, the rabbit hole story. Like, uh, you know, what's your what background are you willing to share? And you know, how did you find Bitcoin? And how are we here? Uh yeah. First off, I'm nobody special, and I've had plenty of offers to do podcasts over the years and I just never wanted to do one. Um, but you're a good guy and I don't know, I just decided that I would do this. So, um, <laughs> I appreciate you pushing me to do this. Um, but like I said, I'm nobody special. Um, I'm just, I've been in the game since 2013. Um, I, most people don't know this about me cause I don't really talk about it, but I, I, I'm in the gaming world and I, I co-founded a gaming company and um, I've worked with some really amazing people over the years. And one of my developers, uh, he was really into Bitcoin and turned me on to it early. Um, and I thought he was kind of crazy. And he, this was like 2012, 2013. Uh, and then he was building mining rigs. And I mean, he was really into this shit and I was just thought it was kind of nuts. And, but I'm also not dumb. You know, I, I started reading about it and uh, I read an article that really resonated with me. Um, and it was just talking about like scarcity and kind of, and they, they use the like domain names, you know, how, I don't know if anyone's familiar with like how that industry just blew up from nothing, you know, like registering domain names. Um, oh, yeah. And they kind of, they compared it to that. And so for me at that time, that's what made sense. And I saw that like, oh, wow, like this is almost like if I was to own a domain name early on, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, this might be worth something. And, and I think the article said that Bitcoin will be worth $10,000 someday. And I was like, holy shit. And so I sat back and I just kind of watched and I watched it go up. I think like, I forget what it was. It was like over, over a thousand bucks or something. And I was like, Oh, I'm too late. I'm too late for this shit. And, and then of course the price came back down. And I remember I, I think I, I jumped in around, I actually put my money, money in uh, when it was around 600 bucks. And uh, I remember my friends actually laughing at me, telling me, Oh man, you, 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 you bought, you paid so much for that. And, and I was like, I kind of felt like an idiot. I was like, shit, like, you know, I, 
I'm going to lose all my money, but whatever. And I, I just, I just left it there. And then of course the market just dropped <laughs> to nothing. And I was like, I'm an idiot. And so, you know, at the time I was like, I, I was like, you know what, I'll just leave this. Um, I'm not going to sell it. I'll, I'll just see what happens. It's like, if I lose, if I lose a couple thousand bucks, no big deal. And, uh, and you know, I kind of just, I got sidetracked cause my gaming company, um, we, we gained a lot of steam and, uh, we ended up getting acquired. And, uh, so I was going through all that kind of stuff. So I was like really just out of the loop and, and then, uh, 2016 happened and, um, you know, I started jumping back in. Um, I started like paying more attention, but at this time I, I, I was like, you know what, I really need to start learning about this. Like really, I want to understand it because, it's starting to, the temperature's starting to go up. It was kind of almost like, like where we are now, kind of, you know, like I, I, but luckily I had a little skin in the game and I had never sold. So I was like, it all made sense. I was like, okay, I bought way high. It went back down to very low and now it's like cranking again. And I'm like, okay, there, this, this thing has legs. Um, and then, you know, I don't want to go into details, but you know, I, my company, uh, is based out in Silicon Valley and my investors and my board, um, they're very well-known, um, tech guys. And I mean, without going into too much details, you know, I've been mentored by some really incredible people that are, that have been at the, at the forefront of developing companies that are household names. Like, and when we developed my company, you know, I, I was, I'm not anybody special. I was just the soldier and, but I learned a lot from these guys. And one thing I learned is where they go is where I should go. And so I started seeing, uh, when I say that these guys are, are well-known tech VCs or whatever you want to call them, um, tech gurus, Mm -hmm. I mean, their companies are household names, you know, like they, they've developed, they've innovated things that have changed our lives. Um, and me being just like, I'm a nobody, I had nothing until, uh, one of them saw my work ethic and, and we started talking about starting a company and he took me under his wing. And I, I mean, I was eternally grateful for it, but like, these guys are ballers, like, and they invest in all kinds of stuff. Um, and so, you know, being on the inside and being really close to that and seeing the moves that they were making and then watching like them invest in, in companies that all of a sudden, you know, just blew up. Um, I was like, okay, you know, I've got kind of like an inside track here also. Um, you know, the dev, my, the dev who worked for us was one thing, but then when I started to see, uh, you know, the guy that I consider my, my biggest mentor jumping into the game and putting a lot of skin in the game, uh, I said, you know what, like if he goes there, (laughs) I'm going to go there. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I started learning more and more about it. Uh, but as I got into it, you know, I realized that this, this space is so, um, it's so fractured with so many ideas and this, this, uh, there was a lot of volatility or not volatility, but a lot of politics and, in Bitcoin. And I, and I got to give, uh, Francis, I, I can't pronounce his last name, Poli, Polier or Pod- Julio. Julio. Okay. I got to <laughs> give him a lot of credit because like I'd watch him on, uh, Vortex's podcast podcast. And like, I, like his words resonated with me so much. And a lot of the fundamentals that I came into this, um, came from him, which contradicted 
the fundamentals that I learned from my mentor. <laughs> so it was like, <laughs> and then I realized that, okay, there's two different factions. You have the VC faction who just wants to make money off Bitcoin and, 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 you know, make it institute and institutionalize it because that's what they know how to do. And then there's guys like Francis, who's more of like the Bitcoin anarchist who is just all about, so you know, sovereign money. And so I'm very thankful um, for like finding him early on and, and, and listening to him. And I mean, he's a bit radical at times, but like, I like it, like it resonated with me. And so, and then I also met Jimmy song early on and um, Jimmy song is an incredible guy. Um, and, you know, we, he, he happened to live close to me and, you know, we, we got together and, and uh, for lunch one day and, you know, we talked a lot. And so like, all of a sudden I started learning a lot about um, Bitcoin um, and I was like, hmm. And that's when I really jumped in and I was like totally sold. So I hope that answers it kind of <laughs> long winded, but like, I hope that gives some perspective on my background. Oh man, no, that, that is absolutely awesome. And, and of course I know we, we can't go into the, the details of the, you know, the, the people or the, uh, you know, or the company. So I, I do appreciate, you know, I do appreciate the, uh, the insight. So you, you mentioned something very interesting though, about the, the two factions of Bitcoin, because I have to admit, um, when I first got into it in 20, um, late 2016, uh, early 2017, uh, I, I had not realized that. I, I thought that uh, essentially, you know, everybody was a, a Fra uh, you know, a Francis Puglio type uh, or or trending to that. I, I didn't realize that that there was the uh, the VC factions. So I guess let me ask you, I guess um, we can we can dive into some of the uh, some of the I, I guess some of the dirty stuff. But um, is that where, like, I mean, is that where most of the influencers come from? Do they do they come out of the well, VC faction, or because I mean, Francis is an influencer, but he's on a different, like, you know, it's more the the Bitcoin anarchist uh, type of thing. Well, there's a there's an interesting past in Bitcoin. I think like the original crew that started it, you know, that were really immersed in it, and I, I can't really speak to it completely because I don't have like hands on knowledge, but you know, from from jumping in when I did and kind of, you know, I wasn't when in 2012, 2013, like I wasn't in the whole political, I didn't know anything about it. It was just like, I just learned what Bitcoin was like. And then 2014, when you buy it, you know, you, you learn a little bit more, but I still wasn't, I mean, I was getting my information from Coindesk. Okay. So that like speaks for itself. Um, I thought that was a reputable place to get it. And then, like I said, I, I was so busy with my, with my gaming company that, that um, a lot happened in those two years. Um, and, and that's the other thing, I'm not to digress, but in having a game, I was also dealing in virtual economies and virtual currencies. And so the whole Bitcoin made a lot of sense to me. And so when I started to see, you know, my mentor, my, my, my VC mentor getting into it, you know, I started to see the institutional side of it. I saw it through his eyes in a way. And that's what mm -hmm. made me say, oh my God, there's a lot of money to this. But then as I dug deeper, I started to realize, you know, that's really not good for Bitcoin. And, and, and if you really look at it, like, like, um, you know, uh, when, when Segwit and all that stuff happened, um, that was almost like the battle between 
like the corporation side or the institutional mm -hmm. side with with the cyberpunks and the the cyberpunks and the anarchists and you know i was on the anarchist side <laughs> you know oh, i'm yeah. like I was like, fuck this. And I was like, you know, and I saw what Roger Ver was doing. I saw what Venny Lingham was doing. And all of those people, like, that's why they wanted Bcash to succeed because they could exert more control over it. They could exert more of their influence over it to, to mold Bitcoin in the way, in the model that they thought it should be. And that's where Francis, like, resonated with me because he was like, fuck that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's not what Bitcoin is about. And so he painted him. And, and I can't just give total credit to um, Francis, like Gabriel Devine. Um, I don't know if you know, he he used to be um, around. He used to be, you know, quite interesting guy. I and mean, he still probably is. Um, but there was a group of them that um, that used to talk about this. And and like and it was and Jimmy Song as well. Um, and, you know, they would do podcasts on this. So I just got sucked into that arm of this. And so as I watched this go on, I started to see that actually like, no, that would be very harmful um, for Bitcoin mm. to, to be put in the hands of these people and to have that control. And the reason why I saw that was because I come from, I come from like a corporation. Well, I come from, you know, me and a couple of friends started, a, a gaming company out of our apartments. Um, and then we, you know, one of our, one of our founders was very successful and knew, knew, knew the chessboard of how to play. Um, and hmm. in watching all that, I watching Silicon Valley work, I, I learned a lot and I saw a lot and I saw who made the money and who made less money, I should say. And so I looked at it as, you know, like Bitcoin is like, it's a startup for everyone, like for the average man. Whereas like in Silicon Valley, you got to know somebody, you got to, you got to have a friend inside, or you got to be an accredited investor, or you got to be a, a, a scrub like me who just got lucky and met somebody and, and, and he gave him his first chance at, at you know, to, to make his way. And so in watching that, I realized like, you know, it, I don't think that's the, that's, that's the best path for Bitcoin if it wants to be successful long-term. Like, like I like the whole idea of hard money, sovereign money, immutable money. Um, you know, that's, and, and really those fundamentals were beat into my head by Jimmy Song and, and Francis and, and that crew, the, the anti-Segwit crew. Um, I should give more credit to other people. I, I keep, um, but those were like some of the loudest voices. Um, and so for me, I just, I really saw that like Segwit was kind of a scary situation because it was at a critical moment in Bitcoin history when things could have gone either way. And when, when, when we won, <laughs> and I'll just straight <laughs> up say it, when we won, it was fucking victory, dude. Oh yeah. And, and it empowered me so much. And I, at that point, like, I don't know, I can't even explain it, but like, I mean, that's when, that's when I believe through that process is when like I gained the bullishness that I still have today. And so for me watching that happen, like, yeah, there was a lot of influencers back to your point about influencers. Influencers did come out because you had shills, you had shills that were anti-segwit, you had shills that were pro-segwit and this, the, the fork of, of Bcash and Bitcoin. I mean, that was a scary moment in Bitcoin's history. I mean, and like I said, we fucking won. And when we won, we realized, I mean, everybody knew it, but like it empowered, it empowered that sovereign 
hard money, you know, ideology. Yeah. And, and that's when fucking, you know, Vitalik and all these idiots started talking shit about Bitcoin and, and Bitcoiners like, because, because we weren't willing to bow down to VCs or big money. We were, we were willing to, you know, lose everything. <laughs> basically. Exactly. We were willing to lose everything for it. And um, quite honestly, fucking SegWit was great. I bought some cheap Bitcoin during that time. <laughs> you oh, know yeah. what I mean? Oh yeah. Um, but I mean, I remember I, on the day that SegWit activated, um, um, I was online. I mean, we were all like, I, I think all of us were up for, you know, days just watching it. And so it was, it was, like I said, it was a very interesting time in, in Bitcoin. And then that, that kind of led into the bull market. And, and with that bull market came a lot of these people um, and not to digress, but I don't want to get too much on Ethereum, but this is also when, I mean, people don't realize this, but Ethereum is a fucking shit coin, dude. It like, it's only success and people seem to forget this was that it was the, it, it fueled a bunch of ICOs that, and, and it gave them, it basically, it was the mechanism for basically GoFundMe for ICOs. Um, they used, they used Ethereum and for their ICOs. And so you started to see this happen. And so you all of a sudden had these, had these factions of, of all these new companies and all these initial coin offerings, initial token offerings going on. And again, more influencers came out of that. And so you started to see, you know, Bitcoiners, you, you, that's SegWit was where we saw the dark side. We saw before it, we saw a lot of influencers, but then all of a sudden you started to see who was bad and who was good. Yes. And, you know, I don't want to talk shit about anyone, but like Roger Ver, we'll just use him as an example. All the people that followed Roger and, and, and who followed Bcash and shilled it like a motherfucker. And like, like they led people off the cliff. They literally did. Whoever listened to those people, they led them off the cliff. And for me watching that, I think that's where I realized the power of an influencer. And mm. and I'll just use this little anecdotal story. There was this guy that um, I happened to stumble across on YouTube and like, you know, he was very, very well-spoken, super articulate. And he would he would go through, he would do like a daily YouTube show and he would, he would go through all his shit coins and he would talk about all the money he's making. And, and it took me a little while to realize what he was doing, but this is like the, this is like when we first started seeing pump and dumps going on. And I started seeing like this dude literally is just shamming people. And so watching all this kind of stuff and then watching people use their influence that they somehow created, you know, to, 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 get to people. And, you know, I saw how it worked on me. Um, you know, I'm fortunate that I met Jimmy song and, and I happened to watch Vortex's podcast with some pretty legit dudes on it back in the day that were, you know, that were speaking the Bitcoin ethos that we all kind of, uh, speak to this day. Um, you know, I think that's what really awoke me to what the power of an influencer is. And probably my, it, it's still, I can't, my blood gets, gets kind of boiling when I start thinking about this because those motherfuckers led so many people off the cliff and they literally did, whether it been, um, you know, like Ethereum, like 
people don't realize that the only reason why Ethereum price went, went up was because people were trying to get into Ethereum so they could go participate in ICOs. And then what would happen? The ICO would happen and then like the, the coins would get listed in exchange. And then all of a sudden the price would tank because guess what? The Ethereum was being converted to cash. And then what did we see? We saw Ethereum go up to like, I don't know, like 12, 13, I forget. I, I don't really follow it. And then what did it do? It crashed back down. And like, if we think about the last bull market and this bull market, when built, when Bitcoin reached its all time high, you know, like, Frick, Ethereum was way up there. And now, like, people are all excited because Ethereum's at 600. But I keep telling people, like, the other thing, too, with Ethereum was then, you know, during that time, Crypto Kittens came out. And, yes. like, I watched how that network couldn't even handle that. And they never wanted to admit it. And they all tried to, they always tried to sugarcoat it. But again, influencers, you know, guys, uh, these, uh, I should also talk about, the hedge funds, the hedge funds started jumping in at that point. All of a sudden, crypto hedge funds in 2017 became the thing. So then all of a sudden, there's more hedge funds. And these hedge funds are run by these shady motherfuckers who literally are writing up all these very techno techno babble articles, shilling coins of why EOS, why, you know, uh, Tezos, all these coins. And then I, I like, because I, I don't know, I maybe because I'm just have common sense being able to look at it from above and looking down and seeing what it was i was like holy shit like this is so fucking scammy <laughs> like, it is. This, is, this is like so scammy and so that's when i started to you know what i said you know what if they're gonna do it i'm gonna fucking do it and i i was out to lunch with jimmy song one day and i just said hey man i really want to start writing you know about bitcoin and this was like i think late 2016, early 2017. And he said, you know, um, I said, I really like to do interviews. And he goes, you know, Bitcoin needs that. And I was like, really? Like, I go, I, I, I go, I read a lot of stuff and it's all like real technical, like, you know, like written by a dev or written by a real, a real technical person explaining these things where you, you know, for me personally, I've, I'd have to read it like, you know, two or three times to really understand it and, and study it. And I was like, well, you know, I think I could probably pull some of this and, and, you know, make it a little bit easier and uh, for the average person. And at that time as well, I had so much, so many friends and families and contacts uh, contacting me about Bitcoin saying, and asking me questions. So I was like, you know what, I'll just do this because I would rather send them my shit that I know is that's like, they understand that they can trust me and uh, versus sending some random article by some dude who, who in a, in a matter of two months, he might be compromised by a shitcoin company or, you know, and, oh, yeah. and you know, and, and cause that was what was happening at that time. Like good people who, who had fought the fight fight were literally just going down like flies. So that's where I started writing. And Jimmy was like, yeah, I think you, you should start interviewing people because no one's painting personalities of who these people are. And, and, and for me, I was like, yeah, you know, I'll start doing that. And so that's when I started, you know, interviewing people and, and, you know, trying to interview the, the good influence. Cause I want to make it clear. There are some badass people out there who are, who I consider influencers who aren't bad people. They actually do great work, but I would say probably 90% of them, if not like maybe 85 are in this for vanity, uh, greed, or all the wrong reasons. And, you know, they'll, they'll go whatever, which way the wind blows. 
So, man, I, I think you, you painted you painted the perfect picture, okay? Because, you, like you said it, right? Like, this was this was one of those things, like, when I got into, right? I, you start to look for signal. You start to, you know, you start to look for people that you can kind of build a story around and possibly trust that story, you know? So, I, I definitely uh, I definitely agree with, uh, you know, with, with the, I guess, with your assessment of what you, uh, you know, what you saw. But... I think most importantly, though, you kind of painted the picture, um, you know, for the uh, so th there's kind of two things, right? There's Bitcoin plebes and there's taco carnivore Bitcoin plebes. Yeah. So so, so how I guess <laughs> let me so so let's back up, because I think at this point um, you and you and I, um, we started following each other uh, a while ago. I mean, I started following you uh, definitely back in like 2017, 2018. Um, and. At that point, I don't think the Bitcoin plebe started to exist yet. So how did so? Anyways, I guess how did that come about? Well, let me back up too because my cool. life changed as well. So <laughs> like my my gaming company was acquired, and like when that happens, it's it's a very stressful time, and it's not like what people think. It's not like people just hand you a bunch of cash and you know you walk on your way, um, and so. I was going through this since 2012. Um, and then like, it was just the way that the way that the deals would work. Like I learned about it in 2012, then about 2014, we were still in like an earnout period. And so it was like, I was very focused on work. Like I was very, very focused. And so finally about 2016, I got paid out, uh, you know, and, and I was in a position to where, um, you know, I was in a position where I had fuck you money and, I had a choice to make, like, who did I want to be? Um, do I want to um, continue the whole fucking Silicon Valley VC investing, like, and be that guy and, and be on that, you know? And at that time I, I, had, I had pondered, man, I should develop something. I should start another startup and, and, and like get into this space because it, it's just so lucrative, kind of like, you know, mobile gaming and social gaming was for me. Um, and I saw this as the next frontier and then it was weird. Um, I had this strange epiphany, um, where I said, you know what, man, like life is like that. Like I, I watch people with money and I watch, I, wa I, I didn't have a lot of money. I mean, I made money, but like the people that I've worked with in Silicon Valley, I mean, these guys, some of them are, you know, 500 million, uh, billions you know billionaires oh, and yeah. and so being around that like for me when i when i had my exit you know i felt i felt like a scrub i felt like <laughs> i i was like and and my friends were like dude like <laughs> exactly. you're fucking set you don't have to work another day in your life and for me like like i'm not gonna lie like mentally i i felt like a failure like i i i really did deep down like i it was a dark time for me and wow and so because all of a sudden it's like life isn't just about making money. It's about purpose. And so I made the money, but my purpose had almost changed. You know what I mean? There was yep. like the purpose had changed because all of a sudden I had to give the reins of the company over to another company. And all of a sudden, like, you know, when these deals happen, 
you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stock involved. There's a, there's some cash involved. So, so, and, and all of a sudden where you used to be in the front end of it and you used to have, you used to have every control um, dial at your hand or you had a voice in it, all of a sudden I'm sitting back going, I don't really have this, but you know, I got paid. So I was like, <laughs> so I'm like, what do I do? And all I knew how to do all, I mean, the only thing that's gotten me to where I'm at, I never considered myself the smartest guy is just hard work and dedication. Like I will literally fucking, you know, I work, my, my mentor had told me this and he told our whole company this, if you aren't willing to sleep under your desk, then you might as well go home. So for 10 years of my life, I worked 24 seven while all my friends were out partying and having kids and, you know, riding the gravy train and all that stuff. I, I risked it and I did this. And so coming out of that, I was, I was very, uh, what's the word? I was, uh, almost PTSD. All I knew was work, 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 work. And so I was like, I want to fold this into, I want to fold this into a new, you know, Bitcoin startup. I could do something awesome. And then I could make more money. And, and I don't know what happened to me. Um, I feel like it was a spiritual awakening and Bitcoin allowed that for me as Bitcoin started to go up in value. I started to realize that I don't need to do that. What Bitcoin does is it gives me freedom, freedom to say, fuck you. It says it's the freedom to be able to do what I want to do, not be controlled by anybody. And my allegiance is to Bitcoin. It's to nobody else. And if your allegiance isn't to Bitcoin, then we're not going to get along. I'm sorry. And that's just how it is. And, and, you know, and so I, I don't know what happened to me, but this weird change started happening. And I also started to see like all these people who had come into the game. Like when I came into the game, they were starting to work for companies and shill shit and then go into shit coin companies. So I just started seeing this weird shit. And there was even this website. It was like, I don't know what it was, but it was like your crypto influencer ranking. And, yeah. and people would, yeah, dude, they'd fucking put that on Twitter and brag about it. And like, yeah. it was so gay, dude. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, but and, and I come from, like, I grew up in California on the beach from skating and surfing. And so I think coming from that, that world, like you, there's no faking it. You no. cannot, you can't fake it, dude. Like no. you got to have, you got to be able to surf or skate, or you might as well just not say that's what you do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, and, and so coming from that, I was always used to calling out posers and, and, and kooks and, and because again, it was always like your, your, your street cred. And when I grew up in my neighborhood, cause I grew up across the street from the, from the ocean was all about like how good you surfed and how good you skated. Some of my friends, including me, were we're not the best looking dudes, you know, I mean, we're, <laughs> but, but we always had hot girlfriends and, 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 and I always said it was all about because we surfed and we were like a little ragtag group of, we called ourselves rats. We were, we were skate rats and surf rats. And so we would just call ourselves rats. And so we weren't a gang or nothing, but we were, we were like a little, we were like a little, you know, a, a, I mean, you come from skating. Too. Absolutely. Yeah, we were a crew. A hundred percent, man. And there was, there was, if you weren't, if you weren't pushing it and trying to up your, up your, you know, your, your game or up your, your surfing and, and taking it to another level, then, 
you know, I mean, you could, you could be the guy who just hangs out, but if you're the guy who's sitting there banging his chest, you know, wearing all the best shoes, wearing, I mean, wearing the best clothes, has the best surfboard, has the best skateboard, whatever. It comes to school or wherever your social circle is, the parties and just like, ah, oh, bro, I got so barreled this morning. Oh, and, you know, like I grew up around that and we'd be like, no, dude, we were out actually fucking surfing and you weren't there, bro. Exactly. You know? <laughs> and, and so we would, we would literally, you know, call it out. So back to Bitcoin, I started seeing this same trend in Bitcoin. Um, and, you know, like, I don't know, it just, and, and I think the combination of, of, like I said, coming into a place in my life where I had enough money and I, I realized I don't need another startup to make more money because I can just in, invest in Bitcoin and Bitcoin will be that vehicle. Um, and, and then, you know, as we started to move into 2018 and the bull run, you know, the bull run started, I, I even became more empowered. And at that point I was interviewing a lot of, a lot of Bitcoin influencers and learning from them and talking with them and communicating with them. And so I really, I mean, at that point I kind of realized like, you know, there's a lot of scammy people and there's a lot of good people. And what I want to do is give those good people a voice. And so as we're going through this, we're not that I'm, I missed the main point of plebes and, and, and taco plebes and all that stuff. Oh no, that's um, coming. <laughs> uh, yeah. So when I remember just being on the internet and like influencers do not like being tested by like some guy with a low follower account. They don't like when someone calls out their bullshit and um, you know, Francis and you know, certain people, um, Dieter, um, you know, uh, Bart, um, all of us, you know, we were, we were sounding, we, we were always, you know, speaking our minds is the best way to put it. And so, it was amazing. Like these people would, would try to clap back at you and they would, they, you know, they had huge follower accounts and they had their fanboys and, and, you know, uh, so if you, if you kick, if, if you poke the turd on the influencer, if you, I call them turds, if you poke the turd, you know, all of a sudden, dude, their stink comes out and, and, you know, all of, and, and, at first it was just a couple of us, but like, I would respond to these people, you know, when they would respond nasty to me, I'd be like, yeah, I know I'm just a plebe. What the fuck do I know? <laughs> and, and, and I would mock them like, yeah, you're just the all, you're the all hell, the influencer. Everything you say is so legit as you're shilling your bullshit. And we just started clowning them. And so we just, I, I just started calling myself a plebe. And, and I, and I would always say, because I remember when I came into this, I was very intimidated to voice the way that I like these to voice my what's the word my animosity or frustration with these people and and because I didn't want them to attack me back I was scared of that um and so once I got over that and I I was like oh man this is actually kind of cool and so I started encouraging other people I go if you're a plebe like me like you should also, I want to encourage you to do that. And actually I want to follow you. I want to like your tweets. I want to retweet your tweets because you're fucking more interesting than these influencers. And that resonated to people like it did. Yes. And, and that's when we, that's when this loose confederation of people, that's when, I mean, people give us, give me credit and hodl not credit and, and Dieter doesn't get enough credit um, for being there at the foundation mm -hmm. of, and there's probably a few others. And I apologize if you're one of those people, because I just know that I know you were there. Um, but, you know, we get the credit for it. And so 
um, which is fine. I don't care about credit. That's not what this is about. No. Like for me, it was more like, hey, this is cool. All of a sudden we're just getting the like, like the core Bitcoin people with like core Bitcoin ethos who have no agenda. We're not pushing companies. Like we're not, we're not trying to be influencers. We're not trying to be anything. We're not, we're just people who like are loyal to Bitcoin. And all of a sudden this, we just started growing. And, and at the same time, the thing that bugged me about fucking Bitcoin, dude, was it's, it's so clicky, dude. Like, and and I got to oh, admit, yeah. like at that time, I was I was a lot different than I am today. Like there was always, you know, conferences and meetups and stuff. And I was like, oh, I just want to go. And and Jimmy, Jimmy would invite me to meetups and and different different things. And I would go there and I would see him. And, and I met a lot of great people. Um, you know, I met Drew and um, from Unchained Capital. I met Tour de Meester and. I mean, I got to tell you, these guys are, we're, I'm thankful that, that they are who they are in this space. Um, so I, I, I met a lot of people, but I also realized that this isn't necessarily for me. Like I don't, I don't need this. Like for me, it was like a way to meet people to write about. Um, mm -hmm. And, but as I was meeting them, I started realizing that they had this whole like, like carnivore thing going on. Like you know <laughs> carnivore we're carnivores and and like it was weird like all these bitcoiners and even plebes were like yeah just eat meat and and buy bitcoin and i'm just <laughs> like what the fuck is this and and so i mean jokingly like and that's kind of how plebes started it was a joke to mock influencers to to like be like are you really serious yeah you you know everything because we're just fucking plebes we're just scrubs and so like at that point we had some momentum. So um, I remember the day I Googled a photo of, of uh, a table of tacos. And, <sighs> and, I, and I think it was like the 2018 or uh, Satoshi round table at Stanford or wherever it was. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and so I was like, I was like, I, I, I DM'd Hoddlenaut and I was like, hey dude, let's, let's put this out there that we're going to have a taco carnivore dinner and like that we're inclusive. Like you don't have to just eat meat. You can, you can have a bacon, you can have a bacon taco. So you don't, you can eat your meat taco or you can have like a, a regular taco. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so we, we put this photo out and it was like, yeah, this is, this is the, it was the Satoshi's taco, taco carnivore uh, round table. And I was like, man, this, the, the, the taco carnivore roundtable was so lit this year <laughs> and, and dude like it people believed it people were like why wasn't i invited <laughs> and so and we were totally like just mocking because i think pierre rochard and i like pierre pierre's a good yeah, a good pierre. dude i mean and 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 even goldstein they're good dudes they're good bitcoiners but they're getting a little weird with their with their diet tips um and they were having these they were having these round tables of where all these dudes would go and and i met somebody who went to the round table and um and we sat there and he was like yeah dude it was kind of weird it reminded me of lord of of the flies like like he's like everybody's sitting around eating meat and drinking wine and it was just very weird and i'm like dude that's fucking crazy and so we we just decided, okay, we're going to mock these motherfuckers. So anytime we would see meat stuff, we'd be like, oh, but the taco carnivore Bitcoin or the taco or the Bitcoin taco carnivores. And like Dieter, Dieter was like the jump was there with me too. Like it, he was, and Dieter's savage. Like, dude, like, oh yeah, I, I know a lot of people don't like, like Dieter, but like, dude, I love Dieter. And I, Absolutely. and I take, I've lost a lot of friends and, 
and and dude people don't realize this me and Dieter have gone at it Dieter's can be a fucking asshole (laughs) you know but like his heart is in the right place sometimes he does too many bong hits and you know he gets he gets wound up and and you know and and I don't agree with everything he says but but the one thing I do agree on is he's got a big heart he's a great great dude and honestly like sometimes you know he's entitled to his opinion and and that's the whole thing with and to get back to the whole plebe thing like i don't not every plebe like there's no fucking membership card for no exactly there's no like there's no central authority it was a joke people and like all we call ourselves (laughs) plebe for is because we are just people with no agenda we're not here to shill we're not here to to like like try to get you to buy my fucking shit coin or to go get into my clown mining or, or whatever. We're here literally just to watch. And, and, and actually I got to give Dieter credit because Dieter and a few others, Hoddle not also, um, and a few others, um, Bart. Um, I mean, there's, I mean, I could go on and on. There's, I mean, there's so many of us that, um, Malik, I mean, there's, there's so many people that, that have continued to take the fight to to the bad actors or to people just saying stupid shit and so with that said like like it was kind of empowering and it created this like kind of vibe of like of like okay like we are going to plebes and 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 actually that was the that was what 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 we came up with is like fucking plebes run this shit dude like and and these people don't understand this and and this is the the crazy thing for me to to like we really do like like we're in a weird time of Bitcoin because so many people are new. Everybody's looking for somebody to follow. They're looking for somebody yep. to give them wisdom. And so people kind of find these different people who they can follow. And, and they, they, it, it reminds me of back in the day, GI Joe, you know, when Cobra, Cobra commander, Cobra commander. <laughs> and, and it's like, I kind of feel like, like a lot True. of people follow these people blindly. And so plebes were kind of like, we're like, no, we don't follow anybody. We, we have people we like and respect, but like, we're not in this to like, to, to, we're not in this to like, to, to be famous or be anything. Actually, if anything, like, I don't want to be famous. I just, if anything, I want people to have the ethos, have, have good Bitcoin ethos. And that's kind of like what plebes like. And this is why plebes are always at odds with influencers because influencers, and not all of them are bad, like I said, but the ones that are bad, they're really good at pulling the wool over people's eyes and faking it and, and, and almost being like that guy at the party who's like, oh, bro, I surfed this morning. I was getting barreled like like double barrels. And like, you know, and you're like, dude, you weren't even there. I was out there, <laughs> like, you know, and, and it's kind of like everybody kind of rewrites their their history. And you start going like, dude, you weren't here, though. And you're like, how did this dude slip in? And then you're like, how did this dude slip in? Exactly. And, and you're like, whoa. Wow. And then you start realizing that, like, you know, I don't know, like, so back to the whole point, we're at, we're at this early stage of Bitcoin. And so with all these, with all this noise and all these people trying to make a name for themselves, uh, you know, you, you get a lot of, you get a lot of bad actors and you get people who mean well, maybe, um, but there's, there's a difference between people who are um, here for, to, basically learn and to kind of like i'm not going to sit there and argue with you on what wallet you like or whatever like fuck that, exactly like, like that's that's straight up politics and i mean you people can debate that all day long and like mr hoddle mr hoddle loves to be right um and and there's a few other people like that out there who just like they they 
they love they love their opinion so much and they just think because they were here for so long that their opinion is the one and like to me like i like mr huddle he says some great things but like it trips me out that these people like they think because they bought bitcoin early that they're like somebody fucking special <laughs> you know what i mean like exactly it's like dude like like you have no clue who who's who's next to you or whatever like you know you don't know who you're talking to when it's an anon account um and so to me it's like you know i try to give i, I try to take the good from everybody and but at the end of the day um you know i and it, it's really hard for me to take a lot of these people seriously and it, it, i kind of came to this point in my writing career in and i wouldn't even call it a career but my writing hobby um because i was i was writing for um hacker noon at the time and you know, Hacker Noon's a, it, it, I really loved what they did. Um, and, and, you know, I, I was, they started really getting into, um, you know, sh or supporting shit coins, not supporting yeah. them, but well, allowing that content. And I don't blame them for it. Yeah, I know. But it was so anti my, my yeah. ethos that it was like, I would read an article and I'd be like, why are we publishing this? And like, I mean, I love the people there and I want them to be successful, but I, I kind of came to this crossroads where I realized like, dude, if you are going to be who you say you have been, or if you're going to be who you are and continue to be who you are, you need to just like, like literally continue just to be nobody, be a nobody, be a plebe, be a, be a scrub. Um, you know, I'm not claiming I know more about, I, I don't, I mean, I learn new shit about Bitcoin every day and it's mainly from other plebes. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's the one network that I think plebes resonate to and that I don't think influencers realize is that we are we all talk we all we all interact we all know who each other's are we all actually respect each other and and we respect each other's opinion so mm -hmm. if if someone if if, if hot or not is going off on somebody uh you know uh some influencer or some bitcoin business um there's a reason why, because Hodlnot has an extreme, like to me, he has the utmost character, and so this yeah. is where we get back to where, like, Bitcoin is in this place to where I think we're going to see a lot more people coming into Bitcoin, and as they come into Bitcoin, there different people are going to onboard them, different influencers, and we've got to hope that they're not being influenced by the wrong person is my point. And as that, because as that happens, like, I mean, look at Andreas. Andreas is a perfect example. I mean, I give Andreas respect. He's done a lot of great work for in Bitcoin, but when he went down the dark path and started, you know, advocating altcoins or Ethereum, you know, I was one of the very first person to speak out against it. And same with actually, and it wasn't me that instigated. It was another plebe that said, hey, you have a bigger voice than me. You should call him out. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I'm like, you're right. And I did. And Dieter jumped in with me. And, dude, we got so much hate for that. Like, I mean, anytime we did, people would argue, argue, argue. Well, look at where we're at now. Look where we're at years later. That's is right. that guy, as, is he as respected as he used to be? I mean, they used to fucking, they used to paint paintings of the dude. Like, and be like, oh, Andreas. And I'm like, whatever, See? dude. Yeah, you should never be doing that. I mean, that that is that is really. I I don't care how good the information is. You know, uh, there's a really interesting saying that um, uh, a person's a person's body of work will usually far exceed the person themselves, and um, that that's kind of important when it comes to messaging and it comes to creating idols, right? 
So right. we definitely shouldn't create idols. I want to go back to one thing that you said, though. Um, you know, about plebes, you know, uh, you know, like uh, plebes running this shit. So at one point in 2020, I think it was early 2020 or late 2019. I don't remember anymore because Bitcoin screws up time. And um, there was this garbage website that came out called Nakamoto.com. OK, and it was specifically, you know, like it, it was it was a perfect Trojan horse, right? Nakamoto.com with a whole bunch of shitcoin influencers running it. Right. And obviously indoctrinating into the shitcoining. Dude, that site didn't even make it one week. Okay? Yeah. They haven't posted an article in over a year and a half. That, like, we, I, I'm, like, proud to say that we killed that thing even before, it, like, it, it died in launch. You know? Well, I, I lost my train of thought at, at the point that I was trying to oh, make. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. It's my fault. No, you bring, and this is what exactly, you made me think of it with this statement. What I was trying to say is there's a lot of people coming into this game and the arrogance that I see in a lot of these business owners um, who, I mean, business owners, influencers, business owners, meaning, you know, big podcasters, uh, business, you know, like uh, big names who've, who work, who work with various shit coins um, mm -hmm. who are, I, who are their CEOs, <laughs> their decentralized <laughs> CEOs. Um, these people I think they miss it. They miss it how bad it is and, and how bad the look is that they are sitting there arguing with us on Twitter. Like literally that they, they take us on on Twitter and they talk shit to us. And it's like, dude, that is the dumbest thing you could ever fucking do because you start talking shit to us. Like we don't forget and we have no agenda. We don't have to, I don't have to worry about if I offend you know, yeah, exactly. Some dude I met at a conference and had a beer with. Um, I can literally just say, fuck you. Your your product sucks. I'm going to tell everyone your product sucks. And, you know, and quite honestly, some of them make nice products, but they're just assholes. Um, and I don't want nothing to do with them. And I, and I will tell everybody I know that that's not the way to go um, because I don't want I, I, we don't need this industry to be led by arrogance. Um, I don't think that helps. Arrogance is, has created a lot of problems in the past where someone feels like, oh, I know better than you. Well, that's created, that's like what the, the magic thing about Bitcoin is. Bitcoin is agnostic. It doesn't care what you think. Like, we're just lucky to be here. Like, we're lucky that we're in this time and that we agree that, that Bitcoin is a store of value. It's hard money. It's sovereign money. It's immutable. It, immutable, meaning I can tell you to fuck off and it's not going to affect me any bit. And that's the thing with plebes. And that's the thing with taco plebes. Or you could even take that out. Like, that's the thing. People get so, so fixed on semantics of a word. A plebe is just a regular person. Yeah. And so, so if you want to be a regular person and be protected, like <laughs> plebes look out for plebes. Like we really fucking do, dude. We've saved people so much money and we, oh, yeah. and, and the people who don't listen, like they lose money. And then we sit there and go like, we fucking told you so, but go buy Bitcoin and come over, you know? So, but when you have these businesses that, and, and podcasts, like, like that are like podcasters that are so arrogant that don't believe that their shit stinks and, you know, they come out of you and they, they try to they try to make you look bad. Like if you like, I don't know. Like uh, Peter McCormick, he's a perfect example of a guy that I have no respect for. I think he's a fraud, and I don't even want to give him more light than he deserves. But like, he is the perfect example of what is wrong with Bitcoin influencers because they built him up. 
um, he's a very savvy marketing guy. Yep. He, he, he's a, he's a very, uh, charismatic guy. He, he has a way, um, and he made it, he, he's decided he's almost like an Andreas. They, they, I call him, um, circus ponies. Um, they, they go around to all the different events and they're very amiable people. They're very likable in person, oh, yeah. but they, but they have an agenda. Their agenda is to chameleon to be a chameleon and get you on their show because they know if they position themselves next to you, they're going to all of a sudden sound legit. Um, and, and they're, and Peter's almost made Andreas. I'll give him a little bit more. I give him a lot more credit because yeah. he was one of the first, but I believe he's become the circus pony. Um, because, and the way, the reason why I say that is when, when, um, you know, we found out that he had no Bitcoin and everyone donated like a million dollars worth of Bitcoin to him. It's like, dude, you fucking are going around the world like advocating Bitcoin and you're not stacking. Yeah, like exactly. what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, so, so you're fucking preaching Bitcoin, but wait a minute. Now you're crying because everyone and whoever donated Bitcoin, I hope you're fucking ashamed of yourselves because you got hustled. Um, and so totally to, to digress, not to digress, but back to Peter, Peter has, has made it his, his world to go, to all these conferences and I know people who know him and they have beers with them and they think he's really cool. And, oh, and yeah. I'm sure he is. I'm sure he's a very nice guy. Um, but if you watch him and you've seen like the things that he says and does and the things like the way that he, like, especially the way he, I mean, I've seen the way he goes after plebes and that's like, I'm like, dude, like these are just normal people who just don't like you. Like you might as well just walk away from them. And, and he makes, he goes out of his way to like, to trash people. And then, and then what he does is he turns the whole story around yep. and because he has a following, he plays like these violins, um, you know, the, the, the poor me and all of his, all of the people who follow him are like, Oh, those guys are jerks. And you're just like, dude, <laughs> you, you didn't see that. Like you didn't watch what he did. Like, no, that dude is like, I don't know what's wrong with the guy. I mean, I mean, I, I'm, I don't know literally what's wrong with the guy, but I think watching him operate, um, and just watching him bait people online and just like, um, and, and over the years, you just start to see like, why is this guy always at odds with like really good people? Like there's something wrong there. And, and so, and what, what, and I've heard this, I've heard this amongst my friend circles that they like Peter because Peter has a big following and a huge podcast numbers. And if they go on their, go on his show, he gives them the platform to, for them to talk about themselves, which by the way, isn't that what influencers love to do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so they, so they, so he's created this like soapbox for them. But what, what I get disgusted at is like the influencers who don't look at him and realize they're, they're using they're in a sense it's a it's a consensual like it's a consensual relationships they're both using each other for what they have and unfortunately there's no authenticity in it no um, there is and 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 peter stick is that that and i and we'll get off him because i don't want to make this about him but his stick i'm using him as an example of the bigger problem in, Bi yeah. in bitcoin and bitcoin influencers his stick is to play stupid and to be like oh I'm just the dumb guy. Oh, I just don't know much. And if I don't understand it, oh, you know, and it's like, <laughs> dude, you've literally gone around the world to every conf. Like you put more money than any of us have into being around like some of the brightest minds in, in Bitcoin. And I, and I will say that there's a lot of people that I respect their, their mind and their, yeah. their, and their back, like, like Jameson Lop, like that dude is a fucking brilliant guy. But I think he's a fucking idiot. Like when it comes to yep. just like like 
socially, like he just is so cringe. Um, and so like these kind of people get together and like, so when, when, you know, Jameson and, and Peter get together, they're just like, it's this, it's like, here, let me stroke you and you stroke me and we're going to stroke each other. And then we're going to put it out there and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to get you so much likes. We're going to get you so much fucking interaction. And it's so not authentic. It's, it's, it's just, there's not an authentic piece in it. And what I don't like is because everyone, and we call it the circle jerk. Yeah. Like, exactly. If you were part of the circus pony show where you go around to, you know, you interview all the same people, you have all the same people on your podcast that are just regurgitating, recycling the same shit. It's like, and if you went and like, okay, after this conference, let's go have beers, let's go do whiskey shots, let's get wasted. And so you, you build this camaraderie. Well, your guard goes down. And, and I'm, I've seen this all over Bitcoin. Um, and I'm just using him as an example, but that's what happens with these influencers. They get so incestual that when, when someone, you know, they they get so incestual that they don't hold this these people accountable for their Bitcoin ethos that but yet they'll hold other people accountable. Yes. And so when you call out the person that they like, you're the problem. But if you if you call out the person that they're calling out for the same reason you're calling out the person that they like, well, you're cool then. And to me, like anybody who's complicit with that and supports that any business that supports that they're stupid like oh, to yeah. me like it's it, it shows me how young we are in this business like like nobody cares about that people just want to gravitate like i don't know like that's where the other evolution that i've seen in this bull market is like i've seen a lot of plebes now start doing podcasts and you're one of them and like there's a lot of great content out there. Like, I mean, a lot of us, we just want to hear Bitcoin banter. Uh, we just want to hear something in our ear of, of, of topics being discussed. And, uh, yes. and, you know, I can honestly say there's, a, there's, there's podcasters now who've become the top podcasters who were that. And what's sad is I'm watching them get sucked into the whole circle jerk and, you know, and then you call them out on it and they get really upset with you and you're not trying to, like, you love them, yeah. but you're just trying to save them from themselves to be like, dude, don't do this. Like, this is a, this is a deal breaker for me. And I guarantee you it's a deal breaker for a lot of people. Um, and that's the other thing, dude, like, I don't know. I think what happens with these people and, and, and Lop and, and Peter and, you know, these, these, these bigger influencers or whatever, whatever you want to call them, um, they start to like believe their own hype. Like yes. they hear themselves, they, they, they're writing articles and they, they really think they're important. They think that they matter. They think that, that being someone in this industry matters. And I mean, it's great. We appreciate it. But like I said, Bitcoin is agnostic. It doesn't give a fuck about you. Oh, exactly. It's fantastic. <laughs> so, I don't know. I hope that clarifies my, my whole thing. But like my point is, is like, why, why are the influencers who want to be taken seriously, like, complicit and 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 cool with people who we know aren't aren't authentic and because because they can get them likes because they can get them more and so to me coming from where we came from out of 2016 and 17 and 18 watching people get led off the cliff by these people like i don't want to give these people that power you know what i mean why should they have that power that's right i'd rather i'd rather give it to somebody who's humble and who who you know i really like matt odell um i think he He's a really straight up guy. Um, mm -hmm. I think he's kind of battling with um, him and Marty. They're battling with um, with getting. 
I call it Bitcoin famous, which is, is a joke. It's kind of like being a good football player in your town. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like, dude, come on. Like, you know, you might get a free beer if you're around a Bitcoiner, but no one fucking cares, dude. Like, I don't like, like literally, but like, it's true. I think Matt is, is definitely struggling, um, with that fame. Um, and I'm, I'm very proud of him for, and, and Marty too. Marty, Marty's also, um, does a good job too sometimes of, of, you know, preaching the right things. I think they both are good for each other. Um, but again, they used to be like a small little podcast and now all of a sudden they're the voice, but it goes to the whole thing of like, I think Peter was that guy for a while, but cream rises to the top and there's always going to be somebody else. Like Ben Kaufman is a perfect example uh, as a dev. Like, where did this kid come from? (laughs) Right. He's my favorite dude. He's my fucking hands down favorite. I love that kid. I am so proud of him. I'm, I, I, I got to say this years ago, I said the most exciting thing about Bitcoin is, is the, is, um, little Billy in his basement coding, um, and, 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 and not caring about any of this shit and just putting his time in and building shit. And I should have said little Benny (laughs) (laughs) because Ben is that kid. And, and he is Jack Mahler is another one back. Jack Mahler's the, the first of them, but that young next generation. And this is the ethos that we want all of the next generation to come with. Now I'm praying and I, I believe he will. I'm praying that, that Ben never falls to the dark side, but I mean, how many people have we, how many devs have we seen come to the, go to the dark side? I mean, you know, as mm. they, as they get more immersed into this, you know, I mean, and it's hard, like some company's going to come up to you and throw you $20 million. You know what I mean? What, yeah. what are you going to do? Well, look, and that's what happens. Right. And then, uh, you know, unfortunately what we've seen, right. Is they become shit coiners. Right. You know, it's like that. That's exactly it. Right. Somebody throws money at you. And I want to go back to one thing that you said, though, is that, you know, people are, you know, people have this feeling, this insecure feeling about striking the iron while the iron is hot. Right. I mean, we're, Mm -hmm. we're constantly told that, hey, you got to, You know, it's it's hot right now. You got to take your chance. And I I, I think that what people don't realize is, is that there's there's different quality of chances that you can take. Right. Like everybody can take a, 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 you know, you're you're given a choice. Like, I can't tell you how many times people have come to me with a shitcoin project uh, to shill, you know, or or to, you know, either shill it on my podcast or give them an interview to talk about their shitcoin thing. And no, it just it's it's about it goes back to what you were saying. It's like, is that the person I want to be? And the answer is invariably no. I just want to be me and I want to talk about Bitcoin and it doesn't involve screwing people over by shilling them some crap. So I'm sorry. Yes. Continue. No, the one thing I do want to say is I, I, there are a lot of good podcasters and I want to say like the ones that are kind of at the top right now, the Marty's, the Matt's, the, the Steven Levera's like, you know, the people that are up there that are, that are doing a good job. And like, I just want them if they are, I doubt they'll even listen to this, but I hope that they know like how important it is that they stick to not being part of the circle jerk and like just giving information and being real and being authentic and not allowing like that circle jerk to infect because even me, like I've had to, I've had to speak out against people that I like because of what they're doing. And that's hard to do, but like, I wouldn't be me if I didn't call it out, if that makes sense. Like, and, and I, I respect people who are willing to take that risk 
um, you know, where they don't care that if, it, if they upset somebody. And that's why I like plebes. Plebes don't care if they upset somebody. They just are speaking real. There's no agenda. There's no, there's no like, oh, if I, if I upset him, if I upset Peter, he's not going to mention me on his podcast or he's not going to promote us. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. And, and that isn't, that isn't what should drive this. It should be about us. It should be about us, plebes, regular people, the, the, the people who don't even know what a plebe is, but are plebes. It should be about us. That's who they cater to. They work for us. Actually, all those motherfuckers work for us. They forget that. It's true. Exactly. They, they do forget that. And at the same time, they're vying for your eyes and they're vying for your attention. Right. So, right. you know, it's a, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's definitely a slippery slope. Uh, well, and I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm anti these people. I mean, I believe there is redemption. I mean, there's, there's redemption in eh, not everyone. I'm a lot nicer than a lot of people probably cause I'm a little older and I've fucked up a lot in my life, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, Dieter, Dieter has this bar, this, this high, high bar. And oh my, my bar, yeah, my bar isn't that high as, as his. And, and, and I appreciate that. We need somebody who has that extreme high bar. And, and, you know, sometimes we all like watch what he says and we're like, Dieter, go smoke another one, dude. Yeah. Uh, and then, but the majority of the time, I hate to say it. And people, people don't give this guy credit for this. He sees things far, far ahead. Oh yeah. Um, he sees things far ahead. And that's what kind of makes him a little paranoid about things like, I think he went at he went at Hoddle Knot for for Citadel, and I I had to jump in and be like, dude, come on, yeah. like Citadel is actually something cool. There's like Hoddle Knot ain't getting rich off Citadel. Like actually, he's probably he could he could go fucking sit by the lake and throw his pole in the catch a couple fish and 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 have a lot less stress than having to deal with fucking putting together a magazine and putting it out and you know like yeah man having come pe- on you know so you know to me like but you you understand where that comes from? Oh, he's sure. paranoid because he's seen it so many times. And so a lot of times he'll just call things out to call them out so that when it, if something does happen, he can go back. And I got to tell you, I've watched this since 2017, um, 2016 ish. He's been right. Oh yeah. <laughs> he's, he's been right. And he's usually like a six months to a year in advance. And I'm, I mean, and people hate him for it. Um, <laughs> because you know, I, sometimes, Sometimes he can get a little, little, like he, he doesn't care. Like he, he, he doesn't care, but he's a legit motherfucker. Um, and, and I don't know. And that's the problem too, is like with the plebes, like you got your hodl knot too, to me is like that guy, like he's a fucking, he's one of the most stand up dudes I've, I've, I've met. Oh, like totally. I, I'd say he's his, his character and his, his ethos and just, just the way he looks at things. I just, I really appreciate it. I appreciate him as a friend. And, uh, you know, so when I see him and Dieter going at it or like, you know, it, it hurts me because they're yeah. both good people. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, not everybody's going to get along. And actually I think it's healthy. It's good. It's good for the, all this stuff to come up. It's good for stuff to be debated. I mean, we should, we shouldn't get too personal on attacks, but whatever, you know, if, if it's someone really, if it, if that's how you feel, I'm not going to tell you how to act. That's, I'm not here to fucking tell anyone how to act. I just say like, think about the bigger picture. We're like, think about like, we're all fighting. We're all fighting on the same side. So let's like, let's put our energies where we really need to put them. Yeah, exactly. And, and I do agree. It is, it is good for us. You know, we shouldn't all be sitting there because a lot of times, right. What do we end up hearing from shit coiners is that, oh yeah, you know, the maxis are like a religious cult. Like, uh, we actually spend a lot of time disagreeing, Yeah. you know, like we actually, and especially the plebes, like the plebes, since we have zero agenda, we really don't care. And we really just spend our time 
uh, either disagreeing or discussing something fully, you know, or or being or being as objective as possible about what the income about what the outcome is. Right. Well, you know, I mean, I know we talked a lot about the plebe stuff, but like I, I told you, I wanted to make this about Bitcoin and yeah. like and not about the petty stuff, but like it does offer some some perspective on like how why what plebes are and what the move what whatever the quote unquote movement is it's just empowering like it's empowering the regular person to have a voice if that's a bad thing then you're the bad thing yes it, that's that's very well put um okay so uh you know what uh, let's uh, if if you want to dive into so another piece of this uh, something that we've discussed and and actually I've discussed this with Dieter Bob as well um is is this whole uh, you know, this kind of FUD over privacy and, and freedom, right? Um, so look, yeah. so, so look let's, I, I think we're going to preface this by saying, um, yes, I, I believe in privacy to a certain extent, and, and I believe that our right to privacy is part of being free, okay? That being said, um, to pretend that we are not engaged in this society which tracks every single one of us, whether we want to accept it or not, and, and pretend that you can play the security theater, I, I think that that is somewhat disingenuous and harmful. I 100% agree. It's actually, you know, working working on the back end of social games, um, you know, um, my a lot of my background is in uh, threat detection um, because, I mean, no matter what business you're in, Bitcoin, whatever, gaming, um, you know, you're dealing with spammers, you're dealing with threats. And so like, I, I know what goes on behind the scenes on these social networks um, within these big companies like Apple, Google, um, et cetera. And so like for me watching this and, you know, um, helping develop terms of service and that kind of stuff, like watching, watching, you know, a, a, a site go grow from zero to and scaling to, you know, millions of millions of, of users. I mean, you know, I've seen a lot of things. Um, and so, and I've been in this game since 2004. So, you know, I've got to say, like, I watch a lot of this and I think privacy is so important. I think, you know, freedom is so important and I'm glad people are focused on it. Um, but like, there's no such thing as it like people will say it like there there is there is a such thing of it but like people would have to take such extreme measures to 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 actually you know be private um and to to re they wouldn't regain their privacy they would just become private and and that entails like literally you'd have to sign off all your devices um you'd have to you know probably change your name you'd have to lose contact with your family you'd have to move into a new place under an assumed alias i mean and so these extreme cases like you know i i, I don't know like and i i mean doing all the forensic investigation of all the fraud and 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 spam, um, you know, spam traps and different things that that happen on our that that have happened over the years in my, in my, uh, in my background. I was saying my with my gaming company. Uh, you know, I learned early on. Like I never like is I think 2010 maybe 2009. I was like, I I just was like I'm off all for social media like with who I am like, um, and I was way I, I consider that early like as a person and. Uh, you know, who's, who's, who saw me losing myself, losing privacy, like being on MySpace and, and, you know, all, 
all these things. But what people don't think about is like, you may have privacy today, but you don't realize that like, like what the mistakes that you made, you know, in 2000 <laughs> or, or whatever are still there. Like, I know this because of what I do, like, like these things are there. And so you're going to come on the like Twitter and on your Android phone um, that you have to have a Google account for, you're going to be on your iPhone um, that you have to have like an iOS or an, or a, a whatever you call it, an Apple ID, um, not to mention every bank account you have, not to mention where you live, your electric bill, all this shit. Like if, if you don't think, if you think that you're that good, that you think your VPN and your, your, you know, whatever you're doing uh, is, is going to outsmart some type of location, like, you know, location tracking or whatever, or like, dude, like, no, you're, you're fucking out to lunch. And the one thing that I like about Matt O'Dell is he, as he says, he said he and he basically says it's one thing at a time you got to take steps and so i do think taking yeah. those steps is super important and and that's a great way to to put it but when i see all these people who are fucking vain motherfuckers on twitter um talking shit on uh, you know about privacy and this and that and like i think it's great but it's like you said it's privacy theater and for me it's it's it, privacy has always intrigued me because of what I do um, and, and the, the wealth of information that I have to have on customers who spend money. Um, now it's very secure information, but like, dude, I mean, if I'm watching something happen on my site, if someone comes to my site and spends, uh, or, you know, my old site, I should say, if someone came to my old site and spent, uh, you know, five grand in a day, um, I'm going to start investigating that. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and I'm not like, and I'm good. I'm probably better than, 98% of people at, at, at trying to figure things out. But my job at, at one time was, you know, looking at, looking at these, we call them suspicious spenders mm -hmm. and evaluating the threat. And, and a lot of times I'm just using public tools that are straight up online. Um, yep. and that are, that are there, like that I could use on Twitter with any of these people and I could dox them in a heartbeat. Like no joke. And, oh, yeah. and, and, and so I see them talking all this smack and I'm, and you know, Jameson Lopp used to be like, I don't know, I guess he went through a phase where, well, he went through his first phase where he wanted to be like the guy with a cigar and sunglasses and a gun and, and his treasures. Like that was just straight theater. Um, and then like he became the privacy guy and a, a cypherpunk. That was what he wanted to be. He wanted to be the Bitcoin cypherpunk. And he is, I'll give him that, whatever. Um, but it's like, dude, if you're like real, if you were like real, like to what you are putting out there, then you wouldn't be here. So and then and then and then the, the the narrative changed that he he had sacrificed himself so for everyone else and I'm like dude and what's funny is I've read all his stuff and like I I literally have read all the articles where he's pulled all his information from <laughs> like 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 and I called him out on it one time and he got upset Dieter was there he got upset he got upset with me um, and then I noticed like he changed up his articles a little bit but like um, if you really want to be invisible there's a good book and it's called how to be invisible it's yes. called it's by JJ Luna and like that guy spells it out there and like dude I, personally I'm not willing to do that like I've realized that there's levels of privacy yes. and you know I can do as best as I can um, you know to to mitigate and hide stuff but at the end of the day people don't realize there's always gonna I mean and I've worked with a lot of them there's fucking engineers and coders out there who are so savvy they'll make your head spin like 
like literally they will fucking make your head spin and it's and i think being scared uh, or having the shit scared out of me by them as well as watching like doing threat detection for so many years and fraud detection like i just learned that like like and, and i actually i learned that our, our privacy is dead and mm-hmm. i i talked with uh, an old 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 mentor of mine on one of my first jobs and we were having this talk about privacy and and he 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 made the comment to me he goes well you know you're different because you value your privacy he's all but this next generation doesn't value privacy they They, don't don't. and so we're in a we're like this this new generation doesn't value privacy and and sadly i mean you are being if okay the the only way that you could like i said literally like live your cypherpunk dream is if i see you on twitter like okay you you're already lost like you lost me i get it you're trying to get your message out but you are not being private i don't care about your vpn i don't care about your you know whatever type of you know tour that you use or whatever all you have to do is fuck up one time because that's how i would catch fraudsters and spammers they would use all this advanced shit but they always get over their skis. It's it's a game of time. Like literally, it would it take is. me sometimes a year. But they would fuck up. They would they would accidentally log in, not in their VPN, or they would accidentally fuck up a device and they would log in from a device that wasn't as secure as they thought. And and a lot of times we would let them do that. We would they, we would let them think that they're secure, and let them keep fucking up. Because as you keep fucking up, no one's telling you you're fucking up. <laughs> so imagine that. You have to play a. You would have had to have played a perfect game all of your life to remain, to to like to retain your privacy. And who who plays a perfect game? How Nobody. do you spend your money? Do you do you use a credit card? You know you 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 log into your Microsoft computer. I don't care if you if you have an Apple computer. Apples are the worst. I mean they're just as bad as Microsoft. Okay, so you've got a, a Tor or you've got whatever a Pop OS or or whatever. Like you're still probably logging into fucking some cloud based email. Um, and and if if you're not using secure hardware and you're not using secure software, or if you just fuck up, let's say you come home drunk, and let's say your VPN kicked off, dude, yeah. there's people like me that waited for that. No, absolutely. And we, and, and we would log it. We logged everything. Log, log, log. And then I mean, dude, we I, I went up against gnarly people. Like I had this one fucking guy. He's from Egypt, and he would literally. Because I mean, in the in in the you know on the interwebs you can buy credit card information. So he would go buy credit card information, and they would come to my site and they would uh, they would uh, I forget what it's called is a word for it, but they would they would do really small transactions like a dollar transaction just to see if the card would go through, and then and then all of a sudden like right when we were sleeping because these things go twenty four seven. Yeah. Right when we were sleeping, he would do like a eight thousand nine thousand dollar purchases. And then what he would do is he knew that we would lock, he would already move all the credits um, or the coins, I should say, to, um, you know, uh, another account, which we didn't know who, where he was because he was logged in from something else. And and then he would solicit my members uh, to, you can Western Union me. He would arbitrage us, <laughs> straight up fucking arbitrage. Oh my God. Yeah, dude. And he got us for like, I think I want to say like 60 grand. And finally, I just put a bounty on his head. I just said, I, I mean, I, 
we were trying to find him and he was so elusive and, um, and, and he loved it. He was like a hacker and, 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 and his, he would love to use his name. And it, it, it was so cat and mouse for, I would say it was cat and mouse for three months, but it became cat and mouse for years um, because he would come back and strike now and then. And we would have to build in, you know, we'd have to build in um, different, different mechanisms to stop him. But I like the only way that ever worked was putting a bounty on his head and telling my members, if this guy comes back to you, I looked at everyone that he contacted, I would analyze it. And then I would literally have to handwrite them a message and say, hey, this guy's a scammer. He's from Egypt. This is not allowed. If you continue to like buy credits from him like this, we're going to have to lock you out. And like, on the other hand, too, um, when he does come back, if you report him to me, I will give you a bounty. <laughs> and that's how we got him. Like that, that was the only way we could do it. Like, and I had lived, I literally had incredible devs who could code any type of traps, any kind of shit, but that, that hands-on, what do you call it? Hands-on attention to detail was the only way for us to get rid of them. And that sucks, dude. When, when someone commits fraud for 30 grand, I mean, dude, the credit card companies don't care. They just no. fucking, they just suck that right out of your account and, and they give you fine and they, and you pay penalties for it. So, you know, it paid like we, you know, we ended up, we have, we had a team uh, of, of, of young guys who we just got really good at this. And, and so every, every event you would learn. And so let's translate that to privacy. Now you don't think there's groups out there that are fucking smart enough to like be able to fucking dude, my whole identity got hacked. Like they, they took everything of mine and they tried to file off tax, uh, a fake tax return. And I am a fucking very, 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 very careful person. Yeah. So, I mean, come on. Yeah. And I know people are going to get upset and they'll probably talk shit about this, but like privacy is dead. All you can do is try, try your best, make, 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 I mean, I'm not saying don't do anything at all. That's not what the takeaway is here. The takeaway is, is just be smart. And, and if you really want to be private, then you're going to have to give up all of pretty much the internet. You're going to have to give up your email accounts. Um, You know, maybe you can have a proton mail account, um, you know, but like, you're not going to be interacting. You're going to have to give up your family because, you know, like, how do they find if if I wanted to find you, if I really wanted to find you, I would just post up on your family, just like the fucking FBI does. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like you're going to contact them and you're not going to contact them on a secure device. And then I know where you're at. And then you see what I mean? You just create a dossier and you, you, you just slowly, you, you, you long game people and yep. they don't realize it. They get soft. And so, yeah, my point is, is I watch this stuff and coming from my background, not only from, you know, being a co-founder of a company that went through, you know, an M&A and a, a few M&As and, and, you know, also dealing with, you know, I would call them malicious people on, online. Um, yeah. You know, I, I come from a different background than most people. And, and I have, I literally have over 50, I have like, actually I have like 16, 17 years in it. It's crazy. Um, so 17 years of this, doing this every day. And when someone, if I wasn't up on my game, they fucking took my lunch money. Yep. And so I don't know, man, like that's why I'm, that's why when I see this stuff, it makes me cringe. Like it really fucking does, dude. Like, and, and not to mention there, like there's threats in all kinds of levels. Like, um, I mean, just <laughs> this has kind of nothing to do with privacy, but like the spammers, dude, like the spammers who push out affiliate links, um, you know, they would, they, they use crazy botnets and they, they're so advanced. I mean, they will, they basically got malware on, you know, hundreds of computers um, or actually thousands of computers and, and like 
literally when they would attack us, we'd have like eight of us, like, like literally it was like, a, it's like almost like a game, dude. Like you would, we would be up. I mean, and they always hit you at like, you know, 11 o'clock at night, you're about to go to sleep. And all of a sudden they, they set up 10,000 accounts on your site and they're spamming everybody, every person with links in their, in their PMs or, or their chat or whatever, you know, they, they, they always come up with clever things and, and they're, they're using these botnets that are, that are, that have, that are, that are using remote computers of people who have no clue and they're spinning those IPs. So you can't just go and look up one IP. Like they're just, they're, they're flooding you, dude. And you're fighting them. Like you're literally fighting them. Um, and it's, it, it's exciting in a way it was fun, but it's exhausting as well because that is really bad for business. Like if you have a gaming company and you know, you want people to focus on the game and all of a sudden all these fake profiles are set up with these like model photos saying, Hey, hit me up on, on cam site, dot, 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 you know, like that number one, people go, this site's like compromised. It's, it's really bad for business. So you can't afford to not pay attention to it. And so, yeah, I mean, and I can tell you, like it happens, it, it happens, you know, probably like twice a year. Um, and it's constant maintenance every, every, you know, every day I would have to send my ops guy, Hey, look, here's a group of IPs that I need banned. And you got to be careful too, because then they started to learn how to use, because they're using, uh, they're using, um, malware infected computers. So all of a sudden they're coming in from a Comcast, they're coming in from a spectrum, they're coming in from a, you know, and, and you can't ban those. You can't ban that IP. You can ban that, um, that sub IP, but like, you can't ban the IP because you're going to ban everybody from fucking spectrum. And that's not good for business. So, my point is, is like, I feel like Bitcoiners, not all of them, but some of them who, who talk the game and think that they're so fucking smart. I see how stupid they act online. And then they, 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 they bring up this like theater of, of, like you said, like privacy theater. And I'm just like, you guys are such frauds. Like, and then I see all their little friends and, you know, oh yeah, dude. Oh, rah, rah, rah. And I'm just like, God, this is so fucking fake and a lot of times i don't say anything but sometimes i'll wake up grumpy and and i'll be like i'll just fucking you know i have maybe haven't had my fucking coffee and and i'll just talk shit and you know i'm not afraid to say that i'm not afraid to to say the truth because it's amazing when you say the truth it's amazing how many people get behind you yep no this is absolutely you know what you're absolutely right and just to add to the thing about the whole privacy and you know security theater um, I, I've always, I've always found it, uh, I, I found it very funny, right? Cause people sit there and say, oh, well, you know, I buy all my Bitcoin non KYC and all this stuff. And it's like, listen, that's perfectly fine. Okay. But for a, if a person has the intention, okay, because not everybody is holding Bitcoin for the next hundred years. Some people are going to spend it in the next decade. Okay. Yeah. So those people, they are going to have to cash out most likely into a fiat system. It doesn't matter that you bought your Bitcoin non-KYC because as soon as you convert it into fiat and it moves into a bank account and you decide to make a large purchase with it, the government, okay, and not even just the government, but the entity that you're dealing with is going to require proof of income. Okay, so anybody like, you know, so anybody who's ever had to, let's say, buy a house, Right. You, you have to show, if I'm not mistaken, you have to show like three, uh, what uh, I had to show three months of pay stubs. I had to show three months of my checking account to prove my balances. So, you know, 
to all those people that, that think that, you know, non-KYC Bitcoin is the end all and that's it, I'm safe and I can use Tor and I can do this. If you're going to make real world purchases, they're going to fucking know. Don't, well, don't shit yourself. Yes. And no, you're absolutely right. And like, I don't want to shit on anybody's, like, I understand the movement of, I mean, yes. I'm, I'm with, I'm with you. Totally. I'm with you. Like, I don't, I hate it. I hate it. It's a, it's a burden. It's a pain in the ass, but like, you know, I've done a lot of VC investing in, in the last decade. Um, I've done a lot of real estate investing and, you know, I'm not pounding my chest here, but I'm just being honest, like, and a lot of in, institutional investing and like reality is like, for me personally, it's not as big of a deal because like, like I can't fuck around, dude. Like if I fuck around, they can come in and, and it, and yeah, it sucks. It's status fucking tyranny and whatever. But like, you know, dude, like, that's the game that I decided to play. Exactly. I knew the rules. And if I hadn't played that game, I wouldn't have made the money that I have. And I've invested in companies because of the, of my network that are household names. I mean, like, I, I I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I, the reason why I don't like to mention these things is because I would never want to ride the coattails of any of these people. I'm just thankful that they let me, let me be, a, they saw in me that I was an honest guy and a hardworking guy and, and I'm a nobody. And, and I'm thankful that they allowed me in, but like, I mean, I've invested in some household names like that when they were, when they were private and, you know, that's how I bought my first fucking house was, was off of one of those investments going, you know, like a hundred X when they IPO'd. And so to me, like going through this and seeing this and founding a company and going through an M&A and VC investing and institutional investing, real estate investing, just, you know, like to me, I guess I've become a little more desensitized, but when I first started into it, I was very scared. Now there's ways to do it. I mean, you can set up, you can set up asset protection trusts and, and, and you can set up LLCs, which I recommend people to do. If you're really, really worried about your, about your, um, you know, your KYC AML, like, like you could do that through Unchained Capital. They're, they're really good about setting up corporate um, custody. Um, but, and, and of course I got to plug those guys. Cause I love those guys, by the way, they're, they're <laughs> fucking like Drew and, and Joe and, and, and Phil Geiger and Parker, like literally like, like I trust them. That's what it's about. I trust them. But my point is, is to the AML KYC stuff. Like you can go do all these things you want to do. And like, I guess if you live in Venezuela or, or like a third world country or, or, or you live in Europe or somewhere like that, like, I mean, I don't know if that's what you want to do. I'm not going to shit on it, but I want you to be realistic and, and, and realize like, like I saw, I saw, you know, a, a tweet from Michael Saylor, like saying how government regulation will be a part of Bitcoin's growth in the future. And I didn't like that statement. No. But as I sat there and I digested it and thought about it, like, he's like, he's a billionaire. You know what I mean? He like, understands. He understands. He understands. And he understands that, like, when you accumulate that much, like, so most of these people, so what this tells me is most of these people, like, if you have a hundred grand or whatever in, in Bitcoin and it's, you know, whatever, that's fine. You could probably figure out a way to, to not pay taxes on it and do that. But when you have millions of dollars or billions of dollars like Michael Saylor and, and you're in so many play, you know, you're in so many different, uh, what's it called? You're in so many, you got so many stakes in the fire. Like that guy can't fuck around. What, what, what gain does he have by trying to, 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 you know, buy non KYC, uh, KYC AML stuff. I mean, I'm not going to say that I don't think it's important. I do think it's important. There's, 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 
this is the, this is the other side of it. And I had this conversation with my brother-in-law yesterday over Christmas. The fear that I have for Bitcoin is no different than when the government confiscated gold. Yeah. And and this is a risk we take. Like if our government wanted to confiscate it, we'd all have decisions to make. Um, you know, I lost all, luckily I lost all my fucking, you know, Bitcoin in like I was wakeboarding and like I brought my hardware wallet and I accidentally threw it in when I when it was like stuck to my board. So when it when it's I jumped gone. in, it, it's gone, dude. And <laughs> and gone. yeah, and then I replaced that and then I fucking had a ledger and it's gone. So I think I'm okay. You know, like I, I mean, I learned some valuable lessons and I lost my stack, but you know, I mean, you get my point. Like, dude, like, so are you gonna do that? Like, are you are you willing like to? I mean, literally, like, like when they confiscated gold, they they would literally go arrest you. And and I know there's a lot of people who bought. I know I know there's a subset of people who bought every every Bitcoin that you know non KYC ML. And honestly, my hat is off to you. It yep. is. Um, but again, they don't care about what's in, what's in, you know, your, your cold stores. They're going to get you when you go to the on-ramp, exactly. uh, you know, an on-ramp or an off-ramp that's where they're gating us. And it's scary. That is a huge risk. Like, so, so to me, like, okay, let's just use Michael Saylor. Let's not use me. So let's say Michael Saylor. Sorry, I missed that. Could you say it again, please? See? <laughs> and I fucking turned Siri off. That is serious sketch. <laughs> this is what scares me. So, yeah, see, I know what I'm doing. I even tell my wife, why the fuck do I have this phone? It listens to me. Um, but I'm okay with it because, you know, like, like, I don't know. Anyway, we'll get back to Michael Saylor. So, so Michael Saylor, he has a billion dollars in Bitcoin, right? And yeah. the police are going to come, the, they're, they're going to say, we want to take your Bitcoin. We're going to take your Bitcoin, but we're going to pay you for it. And, and what's he going to do? Be like, no. I mean, he might. I hope. I hope that he wouldn't just bend over for him. I'd hope that he would be the sacrificial lamb that might put lawyers. I mean, I've got enough money to pay for lawyers to to try and. But I, at the end of the day, I'm like, I don't want them to take my Bitcoin. But if all they want me to do is put it in a custodian so they can tax me, because really that's all they care about. That's all they care about. Tax and movement. Um, they're gonna do that anyway. So I don't know. Unless you move to Portugal or some sovereign country i mean i could go move to an island and but like people don't understand like oh i'm gonna do that i'm gonna build a citadel and fucking ah it's like well <laughs> yeah but what about your family oh, your family em. can't come with you like you're like fuck your family yeah. my money's more important than my family are you gonna be like you know what i mean there's so much things that people haven't thought through and you know like i don't know um the one thing i didn't add was and when i came to that crossroads the biggest i think the reason why i hit the crossroads of whether i was going to do a startup or not um, was my wife got pregnant and, uh, it was a miracle baby. I wasn't supposed to be able to have kids. Um, not sure why, but doctor told me I couldn't and I'm yeah. a fucking overachiever, dude. <laughs> Congrats, <laughs> and, dude. And fucking, yeah. <laughs> if it was a boy, we were going to name him Michael Phelps just cause he's a good swimmer. But, uh, <laughs> but no, joking aside, um, that changed me and it, it's changed my whole perspective on so many things. Um, you know, now it's about my baby and, and, and my family and, you know, I, I am in a position to where I can move anywhere in the world. I can move anywhere. And I've looked high and low. Um, I settled on a Caribbean island that we wanted to move to. Um, and I was ready to go. Um, and then COVID hit. And all of a sudden, they locked everything down. Um, now, when you go there, like you've, you've got to have a negative test. When you get there, you got to have a negative test. And then they're going to put a tracking bracelet on you. 
and and you're going to track you for two weeks and then you have to have another test and if you if you violate that um you'll go to jail and so that was the place that i thought was going to be the sovereign place for me to put my money <laughs> and i mean so i don't know like i i i've there's a there's a thing that you that you there's a thing that you um have to look at um you can give up your like i think americans we have this false sense here that we're free i don't believe we're free i think people are starting to come come to terms with or not come to terms or awake to that and it really is scary to them um and this has been this way for many many years we're we we're a propaganda state we're we're a very nationalist state where we try to like america i mean exceptionalism and i I, don't get me wrong i love this country um i don't love the people who run it i think it's founded on great principles Mm -hmm. but you know we're not free in this country um and you know you know but we can call the police uh, you know, and the police will come if someone's breaking into your house um, versus like, I know I've, I've traveled all over the world. And so I've traveled a lot through the Caribbean and like, you know, living, I lived in the Dominican Republic for a while. That's a fucking scary place, dude. I mean, it's not, it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't scared when I was there, but if you, if you do the wrong things, it can be a very scary place. And like, you know, like I had friends just get broken into, get held at gunpoint, get just like robbed of everything. And it's like, the police ain't going to come help you. You know no, what I mean? Exactly. If you, and, it, and if you're, if you're a tourist with a little weed on the beach, dude, they'll fucking throw you in jail. And it's like, literally like, it's not pretty. So like, That's, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yes. so do you, do you want to go live there? <laughs> you know what I mean? No, exactly. Do wanna, I don't. You want to have your family in a, and I've been to like in, I've been in like Thailand, you know, and, and I remember I love Thailand. Thailand is a beautiful country. And I remember going to my friend's house and like we roll up and it's like this compound and, and, and on the, on all the walls, on the very top of the walls, there's like broken glass that's like cemented on the top. And I'm like, and I mean, he lived like literally there's a path down to this beach, beautiful place. And I'm like, that's fucking gnarly, dude. <laughs> like, that's what you have to have here. You know, like, I don't know. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. And so my point is, is there's the KYC AML stuff. It's like, you've got to make a decision what's best for you. And I'm not the person that's going to make that to you, but there's sacrifices and, and sacrifices that you have to make. And it's not that I'm complicit with it or like it or whatever, um, I mean, I appreciate anyone who pushes back against this stuff. And I think we need to push back because if we don't yeah. push back, the line will keep getting, we'll get, we'll get more restricted and more restricted, but let's just be honest about this conversation and be real. It's like you said, like if you buy a house in, in, in the United States, I mean, you've got to disclose so much information just to own that property. Um, so to me, it's, I don't like it, but I understand what they're doing um, and I don't agree with it, but like, what are you going to do? Are you going to fight it? No, exactly. Exactly. And again, if you are going to fight it to your point, you have to have the resources to fight it. Well, and even that, and even if you have the resources, are you going to spend all the Bitcoin that you're like, like, unless you have billions like Michael Saylor or, or mil or at least a hundred million, you know, you can maybe take that on, but are you going to send 10 million? Cause I guarantee you like, for you to fight it, you're probably going to drop a million. And I'm not saying don't fight it. I mean, I would try to fight it, but like, I've, you know, I've been sued for, for by patent trolls and, uh, you know, patent trolls that they sue like 10 companies for some weird, you know, software that they claim is theirs. And, and it's always a dude like from the Philippines who's using some, they always use the, the district court in, uh, in, uh, in and around like, um, the, I forget what it is. It's like, right. In, it's around, 
the center south of the United States. I don't know what district it is. Like it, it encompasses Texas because they're they're super lenient on patent law. And so you're you're basically getting sued by some fucking slimy dude who who bought up you know some cheap patents and his shady attorney who's decided to file suits in like the weakest you know patent patent troll uh, district in federal court. And so now you have a you have a lawsuit against you for you know two hundred two hundred thousand dollars or whatever. Well, guess what? Even if it's a total bullshit lawsuit, you've got to fucking respond to that. And you're going to spend anywhere from $500 to $1,000 an hour for some tech attorney to fucking fight it for you. So really what these guys do is they, they'll sue you for you know, $2 million or $200,000, and then you end up settling with them for you know, 20 grand. And so they do that with, you know, five different companies and the, you know, they met, that's how they make their money. Yeah. And so, so in short, what I'm trying to say is like, like people don't understand. Like, I, I think I'm not, I'm not, my way isn't the way I want you to think, but my game theory comes from developing games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, you know, like, I may and, not be right, but I'm right. You know? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Because I, I know, I, I know. Because I, I, I can be the first one to, and I, I will literally admit when I'm wrong, and I've been wrong a lot. But I just believe that that this whole thing is like where, where do you want this to go, or how how where do you want this to go? Like like the institutions. There's no way these big institutions. There's no way the government's going to allow these big institutions to jump into Bitcoin to raise our market cap without any of that. And yeah. so, like. It's kind of like we can. Where do you want to go? And and to me, I don't want to be the person to say where we want to go. I mean, I I'm here first and foremost. I think Bitcoin is is a fucking great investment. It, it's it reminds me. I stopped investing in startups. Um, I shouldn't say that. I I still do now and then, um, if it's a really cool one. Um, but uh, I I I really believe it's like, it's a great investment. It's sovereign money. It it gives the average person um, access to like a startup type of of return on capital. Um, I mean, I don't, I've never seen anything like this in my life um, other than when we built our company, you know, and you build a company, but that's that's a total different way of building capital. You know, like Bitcoin, literally you invest, if you invested a hundred bucks, you know, in, in, in March, you know, you'd probably have 200 bucks. Like here's an example. So my, my nephew, he, he, he went to Stanford. He graduated from Stanford, but when he was a sophomore there, uh, for Christmas, I bought him $100 in Bitcoin, and I told him I'm going to save it for you. And I bought it for him. And and so this Christmas, I said, you know that 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 $100 of Bitcoin I bought you, it's now worth $350. <laughs> and he was like, awesome, <laughs> you know. Um, but like, where do you get that investment on anything? I mean, are you gonna? You, you, most most average people can't put. Um, you know, they can't buy, you know, ten, twenty thousand dollars of Amazon stock or Apple stock, you know. And even then you're you're maybe making twenty percent, fifteen to twenty percent year over year. Um, so you know, Bitcoin is a is an incredible hedge, but like I like I don't know. I, to, to me, I just I think people worry Bitcoin Tina was I, I really like that dude. Um he made the the point like I don't really worry too much about it. This stuff will get figured out. And it, it is, I'm glad that people do worry about it. And I do think we need to push back on it. But at the end of the day, I'm not really worried about it. It's, it's, it's part of the growth and the journey of Bitcoin. And all we can do is, is, is ensure that guys like Roger Ver or even Michael Saylor, I, I like Michael Saylor. And I'm, the more that I listen to him, I love, I love the way he talks, but we also got to make sure like a lot of these people come on and they're, they're total advocates and they're, and I know what they're doing. I mean, think about 
on a grand scale what Michael Saylor is doing. He's come in, he's put his, he's, he basically took his balls. He fucking straight up said, my balls are fucking big. And he pulled them out and he fucking flipped them up and they went on the desk and it was like, that's my balls. <laughs> and he dropped fucking half a billion dollars in Bitcoin. Yep. And guess One what? Shot. And he doubled it. Okay. So now what are we saying? He's, 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 his, his, and I, I love all his theory, everything he's, he said, Preston Fish just did a, a great, com, uh, had a great conversation with them where, I mean, honestly, it was the best podcast I think I heard all year. Um, and I've never listened to a Preston Fish uh, podcast, but I will listen to another one because I respect, I respect the dialogue, but you know, Michael Saylor, that's what he's doing now. He's going around and advocating other companies to, to, to put their cash balance sheets into Bitcoin. And I agree for all the reasons, but also think about it. There's a bigger picture here. What's he doing? He's shilling. Yep. <laughs> he's he shilling. Is. He's shilling on a mass level. And, and, and he's a great shill. I fucking, I'm, he's pro the proest of pro shills and it's good for us. But at any time I've learned with guys like Roger Ver and, and others who, who, you know, were not as, uh, not as, what do you call it, established or, or achieved as him. But like, look at Roger Ver turned on us. Who's to say Michael Saylor won't? Exactly. What if, what if one day he's like, you know what? I'm cutting. Dude. And you were his fanboy. So I'm just saying, like, I love the guy. I appreciate him. I, I, I hope, I hope for all, for all of us that he is real. We don't need him. If he left, he would sell his Bitcoin to us and we would still keep this party going. Yep. Um, and, and I want him to, I want him because he's such a good mouthpiece. Like he's the kind of person who speaks to an Elon Musk. He's the kind of person who, yes, who exactly. can, he speaks the corporate language. Um, and, and fortunately he's not like during 2016 and 17 where they all wanted us to go, you know, um, the, they wanted to they, they wanted to go the Bcash route um, and basically more or less centralize it so that all of the people that were all the business side of Bitcoin wanted to basically have more control over over Bitcoin and I you know will Michael Saylor pull something like that I don't think so I hope he doesn't um, but he could and and you know the more people that he come in because of him we'll see you know uh, but I think he's a he's a great guy and I think he's a he's actually He's a he's a, a linchpin to this to where we're headed right now. I think I think he, him showing his balls and throwing them on the table, and and now his balls are by the way his balls are two times bigger. So imagine walking around <laughs> with fucking balls like that, dude. <laughs> Feel sorry for his wife. I'll tell you that much. King Kong balls, <laughs> dude. But like the guy is is he's brilliant, and uh, yeah. you know he he understands like inflation, and I mean like you know he 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 understands that this whole bullshit about there's no, no inflation for printing money because, you know, but he, 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 he diagrams out where, where we're seeing inflation and how we're seeing hundred percent inflation right now. Oh yeah. And it's like, you know, he's right. And how, like when, when cost per capital is, is 15 to 20% and you're in your fucking 401k and you're making 10% dude. And you're like, yeah, I'm 10% up. And you're like, but dude, no, you're actually 10% down because cost per capital is 20%. And like, we're going to be fighting against that for the next fucking five, 10 years, you know? And so I think he, he lays it out very, very cleanly yes. for, for, for invested, for, for business minded people and like more VC invested type people, by the way, 
not all VCs are the same. I don't, I'm not a fan of VCs. I hate VCs, uh, most of them, because most of them are unethical and they don't care. Um, like Pomp, for example, I, it's not that I don't like Pomp. I just see what he's doing. I mean, he invests in a bunch of Bitcoin companies and he started his podcast as a, as a way to shill them all. And it's genius. It's actually fucking, honestly, I just wish people understood what he was doing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I think it's really interesting that you bring up the uh, the point um, about that back in the day, the people with the mouthpieces were coming in and were all about the corporatization of Bitcoin, right? Right. Whereas, like, he comes in and he's like, no, I get this. I, I want to be here for what this is now. Right. You know, right. like, he, he gets it. And and to your point, it's like, we we love we love what he's doing. We, we love, you know, how he's explaining it. We, we love that he's explaining it in the way that he is to the people that he is. But make no mistake, right? We, we, have, we have no idols and we have no heroes, especially the plebs. Right. Or we're not and supposed to. Well, and, you know, Michael Saylor speaks to me because I'm, I'm also an investor and, and I invest in all kinds of shit. So I'm a, I'm a little bit different than the average, the average person. But one thing I want to... I want to make clear to any plebe that's listening to this, you know, who's, who's grinding away at a normal job and just trying to stack sats and all that stuff. Like, like the best advice I can give you is literally just keep doing what you're doing and don't get over your skis. Like just keep learning, like while you're working out, you know, listen to podcasts. Don't, don't drink the Kool-Aid of just one podcast. Like you should listen to a lot of different people because yep. I see people make that mistake. They, they get all into one and then they, they don't listen to another. And it's really good for you to listen to even people you don't agree with. Uh, but the point is, is you don't need to overcomplicate this. Like literally the first thing you should do is, you know, buy your Bitcoin and keep stacking. The second thing you should do is learn how to fucking secure it and make sure that you're securing it in a way that you won't lose it. And the third thing you need to do is do nothing. Just sit there and don't fucking sell it and wait, get, sit, tell yourself, okay, everything I put in here, I'm going to keep in here for five years. And then when I get there, I'm not going to, I don't know if I'm going to sell it. I don't know if I'm going to keep it, but I'll make that decision when I get there. I can guarantee you for anybody who's been in this game for five years that they, that they regret every Bitcoin they sold. Yep. Um, and that when they, if they didn't sell it, when they got to five years, they said, I'm going to keep it <laughs> because, and that's all you need to do. And like, I, I see all this techno babble. I see all these fucking pretty charts and like all these people just like, when I say techno babble, these people who love to speak in all these big words and, you know, blah, 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 you know, and, and they sound all important and, oh, this fucking hash rate and that hash rate and this fucking, you know, whatever. And, and it's like, <laughs> that's great. I'm glad that you are so into it that you know all those things and, and that you make fun of people because they don't understand those things. I'm going to tell you, please, fuck those people. Like literally, <laughs> like literally, they love to hear themselves speak. All they are good at is speaking techno babble. And, it's great for you to learn what they're saying, but don't buy into it and, 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 and don't let them demean you. If you don't want to run a node, don't fucking run a node. Like literally the most important things for you to do is stack fucking sats or actually Bitcoin <laughs> yes, <laughs> and learn how to secure it. Like if you do that at minimum and then just like not forget about it, but like literally keep it in cold storage, the coldest of cold storage, you do, you're you're already ahead of like 90% of people, 90% totally of people. Ben Kaufman tweeted something yesterday that was so yes, funny. Yes, I had to like, retweet it. 
dude me too like it was so good coming from him dude like because i listen to his podcast and i love a guy like him because here the kid's 19 years old he coded something in like six months that's so dope everybody loves it um that you know specter multi-sig um setup and all this shit and and it's i mean even for me like like all my friends who are very very good you know at this stuff my plebe friends um, they handhold me. They'll, they'll handhold me through it. You're one of them who does it. Um, and, you know, I'm very cautious about changing and stuff. And, and so my point is, is like his tweet yesterday was basically like the biggest mistake that Bitcoiners do is like, you know, it's great to have all these like, you know, complex setups and stuff, but like you got to do what's good for you and what you're comfortable with. And, and if you are going to move to something like that, like, you know, move incrementally, like take a small amount of Bitcoin and practice and learn and, and, to me, like that was so genuine and, and it made me respect him so fucking much because coming from a guy who should be out there saying, Hey, everybody set up a specter fucking, you know, multi-sig and you know, that's, that's what he should be saying. Right. Yeah. Because that's because he's supposed but, to be shilling it. Right. But he didn't. And, and, and I was like, dude, that, that's so legit. Like, why can't we have more people like this in here? Like, why do we got to have like a, a Jameson Lop who, who like, dude, he bounced from BitGo to fucking Casa. And then, and then, you know, all they develop, whatever they, some fucking, whatever. It's not a shit coin, but it is kind of a shit coin. The, it's like a gray area shit coin of, uh, of, you know, so, so banks could whatever use fucking big i don't even i i don't even know i listened to it one day and i was like dude whatever like there's gonna be a thousand of you like ripples trying to do what you're fucking doing and you're telling me you're not a fucking shit coin um so at any rate my point is i i wish more people would be authentic um and 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 like look out for average plebs versus try to just make them into their 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 like machines and their retweet machines like like i remember um going out a CEO of a company and he's like, Oh, I'm just getting engagement. Okay. So everything that you tweet is just for engagement. Fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah exactly. You're fucking block. You <laughs> know what I mean? Crap. Like, like, I don't know. And that's, that's Bitcoin Twitter. And, and, and I even asked myself, you know, like uh, white rabbit, he's a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, he bailed crypto uh, Twitter because he said it was a waste of his time. And I feel like it's a waste of my time too. And I go through this, like, why do I do this every day? Um, you know, like, is this for my ego? Why, why do I feel compelled to log in every day and like talk, like talk about Bitcoin and talk shit? It's so stupid. It's like, it's, it's fucking stupid, dude. But then I'm like, you know what? Like I've met some of my very fucking best friends. This is my social, this is my social circle. Like, like you and, and uh, hot or not. Like I, I've, I've met some white rabbit bart i mean don't get me wrong nico there's so many of like i'm forgetting him a deeter like there's so many dear friends jimmy song you know um i really like marty and matt you know like like there's so many people that i've created relationships with and you know it's it's i can't and and most importantly there's a lot of people who i'm not saying my advice is any good but i hope that my mistakes and 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 my experience of fucking dealing with all these bullshit kind of helps people like have a voice and to be encouraged to have a voice, um, to keep it real, you know? And, yeah, and, man. and that's, and that's why I log in every day. And, you know, it's a waste of time a lot of times for me and, and I don't need to be here, but I do it because like I said, I, I love the people. I love being in the mix and I love also being on the edge of it. Like where I'm learning like a Ben Kaufman will do a podcast and I'm like, 
just like, oh, wow, I thought I knew a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah, know? man. Like, oh. And then I'll talk to like somebody. I'll be like, man, do you do that? And they're like, yeah, it's not that bad, man. It's really easy. If you need help, I'll help you. You know, and 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 I and that's why I am doing this because it's like I still I, I'm be the first one to 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 tell you like, and I think every buddy should approach it and i wish more people did they approach this with a little more humility and realize that you know i still got a lot to learn um yeah. i think the people that i tend to get annoyed with on on twitter are the people who think they fucking know it all and they're shilling shit oh yeah and and that's always it's always the most cringe right so anyway but yeah man Dude. uh it's been a long conversation but Dude. i appreciate it it's been absolutely amazing. Okay. Like this is, this is probably the longest podcast I've ever done with one person. Uh, so man, I'm super honored that it's with you. Well, uh, this I has hope, been really cool. I hope that, um, I hope people listen to it. Actually, I don't really care. I told you I'd be the, you'd be my, <laughs> if I ever did one, you'd be the first one. There's a few other people who've asked me recently and I, I'm like, you know what? I should just go on and and start calling out the bullshit. Yep. Um, like people can hear it from my voice and, and they, and then, then, you know what, if you think I'm full of shit, that's okay. Like you have that right. Yep. And I don't, I, I'm not here for, to, to build my clout, to build my credibility. If, if you hate everything I say, then just unfollow me and mute me. I don't fucking care. That's my point. I'm not doing this for anything other than like, this is, this is real. This is how I feel about this. This is my opinion. Just like Michael Saylor has his opinion. You have your opinion. Dieter has his opinion. Hoddlenut has his opinion. White Rabbit has his opinion. Bart has his opinion, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And I, I, I don't know. Like, I'm in this for nothing other than that. And, it, like, if any of you ever need any help from me, and people know this, if anybody's ever messaged me in a DM and said, Hey, what do I do? Or blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I try not to give people advice. I try to just give them so, like the solutions that I use and tell them to look it up. Like I'm not here to fucking chill. I'm here to help other people get down, get down the road in this journey and not fuck shit up and not make stupid mistakes. Cause that's how I've lost Bitcoin, you know, like yep. is make is doing stupid shit. Same um, here. So anyway, but yeah, man, I appreciate the, the opportunity and I hope that we entertain some people. Yeah, man. I think so too. So look, thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast. I'm going to put a link to your, uh, uh, your Twitter, uh, in the, uh, in the show notes so people can reach you there. Yeah. Well, just remember folks, I'm not anybody important. I'm just a guy who's been here just hodling and, and, and I'm just, you know, be careful not to lose your Bitcoin. And if you do go wakeboarding, you know, make sure you stash your treasure in a good spot. Cause it fucking sucks losing it. <laughs> it does. Thanks a lot, Pirate Beach Bum. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. I hope you guys liked my chat. I, I had a really great time. His uh, contact details will be in the show notes. Of course, if you want to reach me on Twitter or Telegram, I'm at CoinIcarus. If you want to shoot me an email, I am CoinIcarus at funwithbitcoin.com. Thank you all for listening. Catch you all next time. 